Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. On today's program, we'll continue our look at the new covenant life and see how the author uses his final words to encourage us to remain and abide in brotherly love. Listen along as we learn what this means and how we can accomplish it in our lives. part two of Cheryl's message titled, The New Covenant Life. Continue in brotherly love, continue. Abide in brotherly love, abide. Stay in this place of love. When you feel your heart moving from the place of love, get back into the house of love. Get back into the new covenant. It is the signpost that we are his disciples. In John 13, he says, by this, by love for one another, all men will know you are my disciples. When I lived in Vista, some of the women in the church, we took a class through the community on how to do stencils. How many of you remember when stencils were the rage? And so you stenciled everything, you know, aprons, walls, pianos, furniture, whatever you could find, you stenciled. And so we were taking a class and we were learning how to make our own stencils. And as we were making our stencils, you know, a friend would say, oh, Cheryl, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I like that. Well, you do it too. And we were sharing. And there were some other women and they were like, this is my stencil. Don't look at it. I'm doing this. (laughs) The woman who was teaching the class, she looked over at us, and there were um, six of us. And she looked at us one day, and she says, who are you, and where do you come from? And I was like, why? And she said, because you are the most loving, caring, and sharing women I've ever met. I've never met women like you. I've taught this class now for three years, and I've never met women like you. And we said, well, we're from Calvary Vista. We all love Jesus. And this is what she said. Would I be welcome at your church? And we said, oh, yeah, you'd be so welcome. And it was so great because our car broke down the next day. And my husband had to take it into the shop. And when he took it into the shop, guess who owned that shop? Her husband. It was such a God thing. I mean, God wanted her from, I mean, she was already in the net. He was just pulling it in. But you know, by our love, by our kindness, by this sharing attitude, they'll know. Not by our intellect. Now that should be a relief to most of us. Not to our, by our athletic abilities, which is a really big relief. Not by what we eat or don't eat. You know, but by our love. And again, Philadelphia is brotherly. Phileo Delphia. It is brotherly love. 
by our affection as family, as we are all family, brothers and sisters in Christ. Next, this affection is to be towards strangers, those you don't know. Those we show kindness to could possibly be angels. Is that just amazing? That angels would take on human form? And I don't know any more than that, except for, isn't that amazing? I was, I was at Sprouts, one of my favorite places in the world. And if I was more organized, I wouldn't be there so often. Sprouts is a market. And I came out to the parking lot. I was kind of in a hurry. And I saw this woman who looked kind of lost. And she said, can you believe this? And she was older. I can't find my car. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I got in my car. And the Lord said, what are you doing? I said, I'm about to get out of the car and help that woman, Lord. And I got out and I said, so, um, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I said, she said, well, and then she talked to me for 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And she was precious. And, and she was telling me this story about when her husband was alive and how she lost the car and she called him up and he was so upset with her. And she's like, like you haven't lost anything and I helped you and I had to put that man in his place. And I listened to this and she had been with her mother and it was a really cute story. And then I started like, okay, Lord, I heard the story. I started to go back to my car and the Lord said, no. And I went back and I said, okay, what does your car look like? And she said, oh, you sweetheart. I said, no, we're going to find that car together. And she described it. And as she described it, I'm like, it's right. Because she said, I know I had a good parking place. I just can't remember where. And, you know, and my thought is, this could be you. <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do to you. And all of a sudden, I spied the exact car she's, and she said, I don't want you to see it because it's not in good condition. And I spied it. I said, you did go to get a good place. I see it. It's second from the front, and it's over on this aisle. Let me walk you there. And I, and I walked her to her car, and she got in. She was like, oh, honey, thank you. And I came back to my car. And I was just like, wow, Lord. I think that meant more to me than it did to her. I think that was the blessing on my day, not hers. This is, this is where we entertain. This is how we entertain angels unaware. This is what the stranger is. Prisoners, verse 3, as if chained with them. And I want to say, he says prisoners. He doesn't say prisoners for the sake of Jesus Christ. He says prisoners. Remember in um, the epistle, Paul talks in, in the epistle to Philemon. He says that he met Onesiphorus, who had been Philemon's slave. He met him in prison. That's where he met him. Philem uh, Onesiphorus was a runaway slave. And in Roman culture, a runaway slave once caught was subject to death. They, they were considered of, of no value and as a rebel. 
But Paul not only led this prisoner to Jesus Christ, but then he wrote a letter of intercession on Onesiphorus' behalf, asking Philemon to receive him again. We are to remember the prisoners, the guilty and the not guilty. Those who are prisoners for Christ and those who are prisoners because of their own sin. Those who are in chains, chains of darkness and chains of mankind. We are to remember them as if we were chained also. We are to remember what those chains felt like in darkness. We are to recognize the chains we would be under if it wasn't for this new covenant. That is to be our affection for prisoners. I want you freed by the gospel through the new covenant. We are to remember the mistreated and the persecuted as those who share the same body. You know how it is when your toe hurts, you can't go to sleep? You're that throbbing, and you can't get comfortable just because it, it could even be the baby toy, toy, the baby toe toy. It can be that little baby toy, toe. I have a fake one. It's a toy. No, but it, it, you know that even that it just like you bumped it that day, and you're just like, Ugh. your whole body just is conscious of it. And you're trying to like, look, heart, mind, rest of you, forget the toe. It's just a tiny member. Let's just get on. Let's sleep. But the mind's going, I feel sorry for it. It just keeps speaking to me. And the heart says, well, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little excited about it. And you're just like, no, guys, get it together. Let's go to sleep. If we all sleep, the toe will feel better in the morning. We are to remember and we are to pray for those in Sri Lanka. We are to pray for those in China. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to pray for those in Israel. We are to pray for those in Iraq and Iran and in countries that are hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to pray for them as we would for a part of our body that's in pain. If your toe is in pain, don't you go, oh, Lord, please heal my toe so I can go to sleep. Lord, touch this toe. Lord, touch my brothers and sisters. We are to love marriage. Verse 4, as an institution. We're to love marriage. We're to honor it. We are not to separate those who are married. There's a lot of cults. And I was reading about a cult um, that was led by a, a, a woman Anna Spafford. And one of the things she did is she separated married couples and would not let them have marital relationships with each other and told them that was a holier way and that was the way God wanted them to live. It's a lie. Because Jesus said in Matthew 19, 6, what God has joined together, let not man separate. This is one of those places where I like the old King James. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Don't separate. We are to honor the marriages of others 
and our own marriage and to give honor, to give time, to give respect to it. And we are to view sex in marriage as right and pure and ordained as the reiteration of God's covenant between husband and wife. Every time you have intimacy with your spouse, you are reiterating the covenant of God where the two shall become one. It is spiritual. It is God-ordained. It is God-blessed and God-sanctioned in marriage. In fact, I hate to say this, but a Reader's Digest article, don't ask me what I was doing reading it. It's years ago. But it was what makes for the best sex. And it says the best sex is between couples that have been married over 10 years who consider themselves spiritual, i.e. Christians, in Reader's Digest. Isn't that amazing? Because they have this sanctity. They have the respect for each other. They have the love. They have the shared emotional, physical, mental experiences. And they are safe and secure. Then the author says, leave the fornicators and the adulterers to God. Let God deal with them. That's not your job. Isn't that a relief? That's not your job. Stay in your job. What's my job? Honor marriage. What's not your job? Are you a fornicator? I'm going to beat you up. That's not your job. That's not your job. Concentrate on the good. You know, we, we spend way too much obsessing about what is wrong rather than praising and affirming what is good. Years ago, a, a woman came to me and she said, you know, my daughter, she's eight years old. She doesn't want to be a Christian. And, and we're all just working on her. My, my two other daughters are so upset. And, you know, her uncle took her out to lunch. Her aunt took her out for donuts. You know, her dad took her out. And I said, stop it. She said, what do you mean? I said, stop it. She's getting rewarded because she doesn't know if she wants to be a Christian. She's going to keep that up. It's like, if I say I don't want to be a Christian, I get donuts and toys and free dinners and movies. I said, no, give that to the girls that want to walk with Jesus. Leave her home with the devil. You know, the prizes go to those who love Jesus. I said, take those girls who want to love Jesus out to dinner and say to her, oh, I'm sorry you can't come, but this is a dinner for all of us who love Jesus. Oh, I brought donuts. Sorry, the donuts are for those who love Jesus in this family. She tried it. After one week, her daughter wanted to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Concentrate on the good. Honor marriage. Those others, leave it to God. He'll deal with it. You honor marriage. Then what we're not to have affection for. Let your conduct be without covetousness. First John, the apostle tells us, love not the things that are in the world. Don't love the things in the world. 
Don't let your affections be on the things of this life, the earthly things, to the point where you want what someone else has, where you're saying to the Lord, how come they got this and I didn't? How come they got a two-story house? How come they got a, I don't know, a pizza and they didn't gain weight? How come they didn't? Don't let your affections be on the things of this life. Let your conduct, your way of living, be without a trace of covetousness. In Colossians 3, 5, Paul tells us that covetousness is is idolatry. It's an inordinate affection for the things of this world or things that can only be found on earth. Things that God has not given us or maybe not yet given us or that God has given to someone else. We need to be happy that they have that gorgeous house and have the money to pay the taxes on it. Discontent is a lack of appreciation for what we have. And so the author reminds us that we have the presence and the promise of God himself. When he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's all we need. The presence of the Lord, because when we have the presence of the Lord, we have everything because he is the I am that I am. I am whatever my people need. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, for the Father knows what you have need of. We have a heavenly Father who daily gives us everything that we need. Because of God's presence and power in our life, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'm doing this not by money, not because of what I possess physically or mentally. I am doing this because God is helping me. God is doing this. I'm in this place because God is my helper. And because God is my helper, because God gave it to me, man can't take it away from me. Because God is with me, Man is powerless to stop the power of God. They can't take what I have. They can't take my salvation. They can't take my relationship with Jesus Christ. When I was in high school at a public high school, I remember they kept saying, you know, prayer is illegal. Prayer is illegal. And I thought, I'm breaking the law because right now in my heart, I'm praying. I'm praying all the time. I'm praying for you and you and you and you. I'm praying for this test that I get an A. I'm praying. I'm praying all the time. They can't take that away. They can't take my communication with God away. They can't touch that. You know, you can't touch this. Can't touch this. They cannot touch our hearts and what God has done in our hearts. We're going to live eternally, and they can't touch that. We're going to live in glory can't touch this. Can't touch this. You know, I want to get this. I come up with these like pithy sayings. I see Brian, I've got a new bumper sticker. He goes, another one? Because I do this a lot. And I said, yeah, speak to the cross. You find fault with me? Speak to the cross. 
because the cross says I'm qualified, I'm forgiven, I'm loved, I'm going to heaven, and I'm in the process of glorification. That's what the cross says. Speak to the cross. You have a problem with me? I guess we should do speak to the cross. Speak to the, or speak to the cross. I don't know. However we do it, we'll, we'll figure it out. Speak to the cross. Our dependency is not on what we possess to protect or preserve or bring us into the promises of God. It is simply the fact that we possess the presence of God. God lives in us. Covetousness says, if only I had their advantages, if only I had their wealth, if only I had their looks, if only I had their youth, if only I had their health, if only I had their position, if only I had their intelligence, if only I had their giftings, if only I had their father. That's what covetousness says. But under the new covenant, we say, I have the best father. I have a heavenly father who has promised never to leave me, never ever to forsake me, but to always help me. Our boast is, is, is to be on the Lord and his presence that is ours through the new covenant. We are to have affection toward our leaders. Verse seven, those who have spoken the word of God to us. We are to love them, to pray for them, to be thankful for them. You know, guys, thank God for all the wonderful people who speak Jesus into our life. Thank you. Thank the Lord for Beth Moore. Thank the Lord for Tim Keller. Thank the Lord for Billy Graham. Thank the Lord for C.S. Lewis. Thank the Lord for Chuck Smith. Thank the Lord for Kay Smith. Thank the Lord that these people love Jesus and they have dedicated their lives to the proclamation of the gospel and to getting the cross into our hearts and all the ramifications of this new covenant. Thank the Lord for those who are not of our denomination and yet love Jesus so much. Love the cross, love the word, Proclaim the word, have understanding in the word, have understanding in the sciences. Thank Jesus for their faith. Thank Jesus for their lives. Thank Jesus for their giftings. We are to love them and have an affection for them. When somebody mentions a, I like that hand. When someone mentions a Bible teacher, sometimes I'll go, like Warren Wearsby, I love him. I love him. Somebody mentions Tim Keller. Oh, I love him. Someone mentions F.B. Meyer. I love him. Spurgeon. I love him. I don't always understand him, but I love him. We need to be so thankful for the people that speak the word into our hearts and our minds and have an affection for them, to love them, not to critique them and compare them. Don't do that. But we are to love them. Cross the board. Love them. Thank God for them. 
and for their lives and the way they speak. We might not agree with everything, but man, what we do agree with, let's put into our heart and take it home and eat it. We are to follow their faith. Let them be an example to us and consider the outcome of their conduct. Let them be an inspiration to us. Ultimately, our greatest affection is for Jesus. Verse 8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here is another reason that we can be content. Jesus does not change. The writer to the Hebrews assumed there was brotherly love among Christians and simply asked that it would continue among them. This brotherly love is a love of deep friendship, partnership, and affection. It is a love that enables us to esteem others before ourselves. Jesus said the world would know we are His disciples by the love we have for one another. Our love is seen and displayed in how we treat one another, show hospitality and kindness, and look out for the needs of others. As we do this, we glorify God and allow our light to shine bright for Him. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll conclude our look at New Covenant Life as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the Book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.